All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. But what do you know? You're not a radio person. I'm not a radio person anymore. I don't know anything about nothing. That happened a few hours ago. We're no longer coworkers. <laughs> Just friends. At four o'clock, I walked out of the building. You took a sad video, and I, <laughs> I borderline cried while driving down the street. It was a joke. It was a bit. I know. I put it in black and white, and I played. Uh, uh, I will remember yep. you. Yeah, yeah, you did. And <laughs> I, it was all it took. I toiled over the song, and I. No, it was perfect. It was actually the exact song I was expecting. And oh, really? Once I heard it kick in, I was like, I was ah, tempted yeah. to use uh, "Try" by Macy Gray. I try to say goodbye and I'd show That also would have been effective, honestly. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Not a song that gets played as much as I think it maybe should. Try to walk away and I stumble. I, I think that reached its like one billion point play uh, in 1999. Yeah, probably. Or 2000. Two things about Macy Gray. Like last year on the most recent season of Queer Eye, one of the contestants on Queer Eye was like, and my sister's Macy Gray. No way. <laughs> that had nothing to do with his life otherwise, but he's like, my sister's Macy Gray. Was she in it? No. <laughs> um, in fact, he was very humble, this guy. He had a humble existence. He's like, listen, I'm not trying to say Macy Gray. Like, we asked for stuff from Macy Gray, and she, like, she wasn't able to give it to us after like two months. But to your point, she's not like making royalty money hand over fist. You don't hear Try by Macy Gray that often. No. It could play on the breeze. It it. I'm surprised it doesn't. There's no reason we can't play and that it song. Hasn't? I've never heard it. I'm, I'm not a radio guy anymore. No. I don't know. Now, what do you know? Jeez. <laughs> My other enduring Macy Gray memory is that she has a cameo in Spider-Man. Does she have a cameo in Spider-Man? Yeah, it, I think it's Spider-Man one because it's the one with with um, with Willem Dafoe where there's like a parade. Yeah. And she's Macy Gray singing in the the parade. Wow. I, I think she's also in. Um, Scary Movie Three. Oh, wow! She was a real movie star. I think for a she while. plays like a like a gangster person that shows up to like shoot the aliens in that. And really? also, she was in Training Day. Okay, that's probably her most important uh, role of all. Training Day. Yep. Was an answer in the crossword yesterday where I set my personal best. I looked through some of your answers, but I didn't see Training Day. As well. I think I think that was in the same puzzle. I like. I that. do a lot of crosswords. Yeah. How'd you do today? I did okay. I did two puzzles today. I completed one, not the other. I didn't time myself. Okay. And do you feel good about either of them or just okay? Clearly not as good as you did yesterday. I felt good about the one I completed today because I remember thinking about halfway through, there's no way I'm getting this one done. Really? Yeah. Nice. Sometimes, sometimes I'm persevered. Oh yeah. That's the best. All the pieces come together. Best feeling. We're going to have to like stretch out every conversation tonight because the entertainment news is nil. Really? Nothing. Oh, I can. I feel like we can just come up with stuff. Just create news? Create. No. Be no. the experience. That's right. Be yeah. the change we want to see in the world. Right. I've heard that somewhere. Mm -hmm. I think it was it on was a Snapple me. cap. Oh, you do said it. Okay. Yeah. I said it episode 42. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was on a Snapple cap. Be the change you want to see in the world. Uh, Matt Slaney. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was like, try this Snapple. <laughs> Drink, no, drink noted apple in this bottle noted podcaster matt slaney that's right be the change you want to see in the world north american <clears throat> radio personality <laughs> matt slaney 
internet radio internet personality. Radio personality. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's what I tell my grandmothers when I if I have like an anecdote about a podcast. I'm yep. like, me and my friend Matt do this podcast, which is like radio on the internet. That's, nice. that's how I say it. Which is true. It's true. Yeah. I never even delved into telling my grandparents about doing a podcast because I just thought it was such a futile exercise. Yes, but I gather that you don't talk about the podcast in your life at all. See, we, we had we had a, a we dinner did. we had a dinner the other night, and it came up that we have this podcast around some coworkers, and they're like, "What? You guys are doing a podcast now?" And That's I was true. like, "Yes, for going on five years." That's true. Yeah, but that was on yeah, and we we've talked about this before. We I guess we always always do it. Don't advertise it. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not like disagreeing with your with your attitude about the show. Show okay. no, I. I'm down. If we wanted to lift the veil on it, let's just do it. Yeah, easy for you to say now that you're not in radio. Tomorrow. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Guys. Here I'm living my best Batman life. We did Being it. Being a renegade on the internet That's by right. night. That's right. You've Being got a lot at risk. Wholesome on the breeze during during the day. And really being the shadiest guy I know. Really, what a scumbag. That's right. <laughs> what a scumbag. The things I've heard you say here. He's the Jordan Belfort of podcasts. The Jordan Belfort. The Michael, uh, oh, I wanted to say Michael B. Jordan. I meant Jordan B. Peterson. The Michael B. Jordan B. Peterson. <laughs> Michael do be Jordan, though. Michael do be Jordan Peterson. <laughs> All right, we're doing good. We're really rolling. I was, I was talking about uh, what if we made a movie called i like this already called uh and it's spelt like the name like l-i-n-c-o-l-n like lincoln bio no oh, okay I, for a second i thought you were like do you not know how to spell colin because those are all the same <laughs> letters <laughs> no but yes yes funny um so lincoln bio is a guy who is a bio teacher in a middle school and also he is a instagram celebrity okay but but his students don't know that he's an instagram celebrity and like this year, we're going to find out by clicking link in bio, what yada, 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 oh, link boom, in boom, bio. and when one come together. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's oh, link in bio. Link in bio. Mm -hmm. So the, really the whole thing kind of rests, Comes from on, the name. rests on this title. It has to be that title. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes movies do get built out of a funny title. Yes or no, sweets? Are we going, are we doing this or are we not doing this? Let's do it. All right. Get Sarandos on the horn. That's right. Let's Teddy. get moving. Come on. Teddy, it's Sweets and Slaney. Come on. You push everything else. Teddy, if you're listening, we've got an idea for you Teddy? again. Teddy? <laughs> Teddy. Teddy. You know, that that preemptive TV podcast that's been kind of informing your every corporate decision for the last five years. The internet radio show that everyone's talking about. Teddy. <laughs> Teddy. Teddy, call us. All right. Well, there we go. We got a we got an elevator pitch down. Mm -hmm. We talked about Macy Gray. Yes, this is already a good show. I think we're on fire. So far, being friends, not coworkers, is going well. Yeah, I think we're really hitting it off. I think it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Turns out we like each other, irrespective of work. That's right. And it's the first time that we know this. We would we talked earlier about how this we've only known each other as coworkers except for two weeks. Yeah. In 2013. Right. Um, and we didn't live in the same city then. We didn't live in the same city then. Um, wait, that was that was the 2013 when you, but you were there. So there was like a year, I would say it was like maybe 14 months altogether. Yes, but before I moved to K-Rock, you and I were not like friends. We no, were that's, friendly. That's true. Yeah. But we still did work together. That was the only way we knew each other. I can remember you and I were like 
we were like papering the lineup outside the pay what you can show yep. for a for a neptune production neptune show this was like one of the few promotional shifts you and i worked together yep and uh we uh, we put up uh, pull up banners. I think we also worked a, sh- uh, a shift at the casino together. We put up pull up banners, and I felt really like, uh, should we like go hand out a bunch of stickers to people? Mm. And you were like, I mean, yeah, I guess <laughs> you think so. <laughs> I was always this apathetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really. And I was like, okay, well, I guess let's go. I just felt like there's probably something we should be doing, and yes. like. Now looking back, probably like ninety nine percent of people are are like, yeah, let's just like stand at the front door well, and like it's give am- people. Yeah, it's amazing you had to like leave your job and have hindsight to realize that a huge component of being a street teamer is there's probably something we should be doing. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, so I, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, let's walk through the lineup and like one by one talk to people, which. To be fair, that kind of like was a, a bit of a wake up call for me too, because when I do that, I kind of like wake up into like like a, a different level of activity where I'm like actually enjoying talking to people. You turn like on I the like charm. Turn, yeah, you just kind of like switch something and you're like, okay, now I'm doing this and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And you're like fully activated and you feel exhausted at the end. Right. But um. But yeah, you also could have done that by just standing at the door and being like, hey, enjoy the show. All right, enjoy the show. And that's probably what I would do right now. I'm interested to hear that I was so apathetic then because I have this vision of myself as a younger lad who was just super eager to have every opportunity in this business as I could possibly uh, get my hands on. Um, But I also have like a social anxiety and I don't want to talk to strangers because I have this idea that they probably don't want to talk to me. And by the way... And they probably don't. They don't. They don't at all. <laughs> and I was forcing them into that. Yeah, you were really oppressive back in those days. <laughs> I was, yeah, if if, if Thank God the else, industry finally shed itself of you. If nothing else, I was making people uncomfortable for a living. I was the 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 original Howard Stern. You circa were... Circa 2000... Look, they were, they were there for a theater experience. You were just giving them a pre-show. That's right. It was really immersive. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, it was, those were the glory days. Mm-hmm. Those were when, <laughs> there no holds bars. Speaking of glory days, I started listening to, uh, this. it's it's crazy that Obama and Springsteen have a podcast together. Okay, fill me in on this. I can't, it's just, they have a podcast together on Spotify. What's it called? It's called Renegades. <laughs> and it's, are they the two renegades? Yeah. The titular renegades? Yeah, they're both billionaires and they're renegades. Wow. I mean, I guess because they were like, kind of like they they stormed new paths for themselves. The conceit of the podcast is you wouldn't think these two men have anything in common, but mm-hmm. actually they kind of do. Sure. Um, I could not see Bruce Springsteen as less of a renegade at this point. Okay. You know what I mean? Like he's, although like. Mad because of the dad rock of it all yeah exactly mad respect for springs i'm sure at one point it would have been like whoa he was like like if it was barack obama and like iggy pop or something yeah someone who was like literally like cutting themselves on stage and just like trying to like create new sounds and sure stuff. but yet although he's a great songwriter yeah i guess yes and i think it's that i think it's the poetry the storytelling right. aspect of, of springsteen as sure. an artist um because he definitely had some overcoming to do. Which was new, and he was, you know, the, the, the go-kart Mozart, you know? Yeah. That kind of <clears throat> vibe. 
Cool reference, by the way. Thanks, man. Um, that is said in Baby Driver, and I always thought that would be a better name for Baby Driver. Man, that would have been a sick name. Who? Yeah. Who? Uh, well, Kevin Spacey says it. Unfortunately, he does. He's, he's like, said, and you. He calls go kart Mozart. He calls him Mozart in a go kart over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. and it's a good line. Yeah, weird way to reference it, though. Mass cancellations of the people who were heavily involved in the movie The Social Network, Network which you and I both really like. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Did something happen with the Army Hammer? <laughs> he got hungry. Oh, That's all. Just for he had a, flesh. He had a rumbly in his tumbly. <laughs> so Army Hammer got canceled because of the cannibalism stuff. Um, and Kevin Spacey got canceled, and he produced The Social Network. Little do many oh. people know. And the other producer of The Social Network was Scott Rudin, who had a bunch of allegations against him this week. This week? Yeah. Oh, he's... Okay, I've seen that name come up so many times recently, and I don't even know what yeah. else he's produced, but it's like a million things. It's like him... It's almost everything. And um, and Amy Pascal and Kathleen Kennedy. There's like a trifecta of like enormously powerful producers who have worked on every blockbuster movie right. since the dawn of time. Yeah, Scott Rudin. A lot of co- like kind of action comedy, comedy... Scott Rudin, I think he's kind of more of a serious dude. He like does oh, your dramas. Really? Sony movies, I think, largely. Okay. Huh. Um, so what, just bad allegation, bad, like. I, th- I think like toxic work environment stuff. Oh, like you're a bad guy. Yeah. Joss Whedon style stuff. Well, I don't know. I don't know the specifics, but okay. you, you throw your weight around here as a boss and people don't love it. Right. Right. Aaron Sorkin's mm-hmm. probably going to win another Oscar. For? Trial. But in what category? Weirdly, he's nominated in the best original screenplay category, which I can't begin to understand how The Trial of the Chicago 7 is not an adapted screenplay. Because it was it, but it wasn't a book before that. No, but adapted is pretty vague, right? And I'm sure there are parameters for how they how they qualify that category. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's based on court transcripts and it's definitely That's based on say. historical texts, right? right? And, and accounts. Like it's not a story he made up in his brain. And so, I, I, obviously, it's a little bit more muddy than that, the way they litigate these terms. Mm-hmm. But, like, he won Best Adapted Screenplay for The Social Network because his screenplay was loosely based on uh, The Accidental Billionaires by Ben Mesrick. And he wasn't nominated for Steve Jobs, but he loosely based that movie on the Walter Isaacson uh, biography. And we both know that the screenplay that he wrote is nothing like those books. Do you think he gave those writers credits, though? Like... Yeah. Did he go, okay, so it was like, you know, how... Um, well, it's on the front of the screenplay, The Social Network, screenplay by Aaron Sorkin, based on The Accidental Billionaires by Ben Mesrick. Right. Okay, gotcha. So it's like how uh, Bruno Mars gave credits to... What's that guy's name? Like, Jay Triggy or something, mm. who had that line that was, don't believe me, just watch. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so that was like a big deal. Like, I remember hearing that song for the first time, like, don't believe me, just watch. And I kind of thought it was like a, it was just becoming a colloquial thing, like, that people were just saying. Yeah. But he gave this guy credits, and he became a, a gajillionaire. Well, that was the right move. And on, it was the right move. Because Bruno Mars, well, that's also a Mark Ronson song. I don't know who wrote the lyrics to that song, but. I think it was Bruno Mars. Um But that was the right move, because he avoided some kind of scandal, and he also profited big time. Yeah. Um. But that's got to be an interesting legal gray area when you get into the ownership or the intellectual um, property ship yep. 
of small phrases. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to introduce melody to pair with those phrases, it's very easy to see when somebody has been, has been lifted, but like so interesting that you could just own the phrase. Don't believe me. Just watch. Right. To a point that it would like, there were, there would be like an undoubted. So he didn't credit him at first. Right. I think he like circled back and went like, no, no, he gets credit. Um, Ezra Koenig has said similar things. Like if there's any question about any song or you hear something and there's even like a chime of something, just give the person just give credit. Yeah. Yeah. And it just makes life easier on everything. Like, like the chili peppers didn't do that on Danny California for Tom Petty. Right. Tom Petty went after, which kind of makes sense. Like it's when that happened, when that song came out, I didn't have the, the musicological uh, arsenal to understand what had happened there, I guess. And now in hindsight, Danny California sounds so much like, what is it? Uh, Last Dance with Mary Jane. Is that what it is? Yeah. Like, dun, 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 yeah, okay. Dun, right. right, definitely. Dun, dun. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and also Ezra Koenig apparently has allegations against him in the last month or so, too. So Really? Yeah. Creep is a famous example. Tom York writes Creep and then right. realizes much after the fact that this, and the chord structure of Creep is not your typical four chord for, for like a grungy pop song. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds very much like The Air That I Breathe by The Hollies. And so after just right. retroactively, he's just like, I'm pretty sure I accidentally ripped you off here. And so they have a, so we'll just give you yeah, credit. Yeah. Have, yeah, have like, credit. yeah. And, and that's really respectful. There's, there are some things where you just go, yeah, you're right. This does sound like I, I don't have a leg to stand on. Right. I, I might've heard this at some point there. Mm-hmm. I might have, it's like, like when people write comedy things. Like even the the Louis C.K. to uh, Dane Cook thing. Yes. Like yeah. Like I don't know, man. I listened to so much stuff. Maybe I did hear something that resembled that, and then I thought I created it. That's even more complicated because there is not the component of melody. Right? Yeah. True. And it's a vague idea. You don't make royalties from singular jokes in your comedy specials. That's right. And so, how do you litigate that? And how do you? genuinely prove that this is not uh, a singular idea that is is coincidental I, I mean people love to put amy schumer there right and there are some jokes that amy schumer's told that are like pretty familiar right. actually more it's more so stuff on inside amy schumer she has some sketches that appear to have been done elsewhere right but i don't know i just i think it's more i think it's simpler than than um than plagiarism. I think that nobody is dumb enough to rip off the most famous comedian in the world on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't think anyone thinks like, oh, I'm going to get away with this. By the way, did you listen to the, there was like a a five minute bit on the Louis C.K. There was like a recent Louis C.K. Special? That came out. Oh, no. Or like you can get it on like louisck.com and there was a... He has like a new special. He put one out like a year ago. This was like, I don't know. It was like a five minute bit. Okay. And he was at one point talking about like his thing and how embarrassing it is that people like know his thing. Yeah, that was like a year ago. That was a year ago. Okay. Yeah. So I felt equally probably as underwhelmed as you did because I remember you going like, yeah, just don't watch it. But it ended up showing up on Reddit. And I was like, oh, is this a new thing? Like, is this... Somebody had shared uh, like a stream of it, like a rip of it on right. Reddit. That's how I ended up watching it. Okay. And it wasn't good. I kind of like, and I guess I, I shouldn't have watched it at all. I certainly didn't pay for it, but I was just curious, like what happens to a guy like this now? Right. Is the comedy still good? Or even if it, if the comedy is the same, can I still enjoy it? And the answer is no mm. to either one or perhaps both of those questions. Right. Um. 
So he's just kind of wrecked. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there, wow, we're a little all over the map tonight. We are. That's okay. Do you have an, uh, another, another item to jump to? Sure. I got stuff. All right. Let's hear it. Very few things though. Okay. Well, lately you and I have introduced a sort of unofficial segment where we just talk about what we've been watching. Yep. And so I wanted to brag about having seen Citizen Kane. Now I'm one of those people who's seen Citizen Kane. Yeah. How does it feel being a, a post Kaner? Well, I feel better than you. Okay. Valid. Yeah. For good reason. And most people in general. Mm-hmm. As you should. Because I would say maybe only 10% of the population at this point has seen Citizen Kane. I bet less. Yeah. This is an 80-year-old movie. It's 80 this year. Yeah. Now, I think I feared there's just no way it can, in fact, still still be the best movie of all time. Uh-huh. And the results. And probably it's a little boring now. And those were correct predict- predictions. Okay. But it is, I mean, it's. it would also be ridiculous to say it's not good or that it's completely wilted and it has no existing merit anymore. Right. I think retroactively probably its innovation was the fact that it doesn't uh tell a story linearly Mm -hmm. so it kind of jumps all around and that actually feels very fresh that still is very cool Mm -hmm. you see it for example in the social network right um then the effects are pretty good like it's this like life story of a of a man over essentially like 50 years maybe more than that right um and Orson Welles was like 25 when he made this movie. And he looks like an old man at certain times in the movie, which it, is impressive makeup. It's crazy to watch a movie um, that is responsible for for tropes because you go like, oh, that's a trope. But yeah. then you kind of go, oh, maybe they invented this trope. Like, I guess I don't have an example of something before that, but I'm probably not going to watch a movie before exactly that. exactly the same conversation the other night with Becky and Jade and Drew. Okay. Um Jade had said that she just can't enjoy rent at all anymore right. for that same reason. Um, and I used um, uh, Peter Sellers as an example. Like sure. this is a guy who's like inventing comedy in right. a way or a new version of it, but it just all feels hack now to watch it back. Right. Yeah. It's it's like I said about watching Vertigo. Like, right. Like, oh, whoa. That, that was like, I was kind of waiting for the big twist and I went like, oh no, I guess maybe the big twist happened while watching this movie. Right. Like that was, this part was the big twist. The other thing about Citizen Kane is as a person of the world who consumes a degree of popular culture, I knew the twist already, mm-hmm. which is to say I knew what Rosebud, Rosebud. is. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do. And so that offered the opportunity to watch it now and, and look for clues yeah. and try and see like how they're, they're building to this and hinting towards it as we go. And I actually didn't see a lot of those clues. Right. It kind of seems like this final metaphor, which I think is this man had his uh, childhood stolen away from him. He craves the affection of other people, the love of other people, the adoration of other people because he never got to fully finish his childhood. Right. And I guess that's symbolized in the sled. But that's not that's only one scene at the beginning of the movie when he gets taken away from his mother and then Mm -hmm. there's no talk of his childhood ever again there's lots of talk about um about him needing people to love him but i think we're kind of missing that's maybe the core of the story part of the mystery yeah Yeah. Hmm. um well then i disagree with what orson welles did what a dick it sounds bad (laughs) (laughs) then we watched uh we still haven't finished it, actually, but Mank, just because I'm trying to get through all the Best Picture nominees, right. this is why we watched Citizen Kane, because yeah. I thought I need to see Citizen Kane before I see Mank, and that's probably sort of true, but Mank is such a snore. Uh, and did you watch Nomadland? No. 
Because it's coming on uh, Disney Plus Star next week. Okay. Or perhaps and, tomorrow. And is that cheaper? Uh, well, I already have Disney Plus Star. Oh, so it's free? Yes. Okay, cool. It's not like a Raya situation where you have to pay like 16 bucks. Oh, I don't think so. Okay. Although that's a good question. Maybe there is a surcharge on it. There but, might be. Uh, I was going to wait and see until it, it popped up. I sure. do want to see that one. I haven't seen Nomadland. I haven't seen Minari. Um, oh, you haven't seen Minari? No, I'd like to. I mean, I got to see all of them. Oh, and uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. And did you see one. The Father? No, that's the other one. So I guess yeah. I've seen half of them so far. Okay. Did you know the Lucas Brothers wrote Judas and the Black Messiah? Who are the Lucas Brothers? Oh, the like comedians? Yeah, the twins. What? Yeah. No, I did not know that. I know. That really caught me off guard this week. That's crazy. Yeah. Like the, the two guys with the glasses. The, the, the kind of weird offbeat Who kind of like twins. finish each other's jokes. Yes. Oh, no. That is insane. I know. Wow. No, I, I can't wait to hear more about this. I want to watch some interviews with them. I don't know what to, to what extent they worked on it. Like there's four writing credits in the movie and there are two of them. Hmm. So maybe they punched it up, but it's not a comedy. No. Not at all. I don't know, but maybe it's like one of those movies where it's got like some Chicago Seven style like laughs. Maybe, like maybe it's, I don't know. It doesn't seem like the type of like Sorkin-y. No, it doesn't seem movie. wry. But maybe it is. I mean, Daniel Kaluuya is pretty funny, as it turns out. Yeah. What did you think of SNL this week? I thought the show was bad. I thought he mm-hmm. was good. I thought the sketches were not very good. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as good as the week before, right? You think Maya Rudolph was probably a little bit better? Also forgettable. Yeah. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, like that opening Britney Spears talk show thing that they've done before, this yeah. second time didn't work at all. It was a little slow. And I don't know what they're doing, like having Pete play Matt Gates, but like it's, I, I mean, you could call it a reverend. I just kind of think it's not funny yet. Right. The Matt Gates stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of seems like more of a Colin Jostey kind of role. Well, he said in update, he Matt, Ga- Matt Gates right. looks like a microwaved Colin Jost. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Um, how many more episodes do we have of, of SNL at this point? Maybe like five, I six? don't know. Carrie Mulligan's this weekend. Mm. And who's the musical guest? I don't know. I forget. I think it's someone good. Yeah. What did you think of St. Vincent? I, I skipped through it. Because I'm kind of a St. Vincent stan. Are you? She stood me up for an interview once. Ooh. Did, like you were waiting for it and she yep. just didn't? Yeah. Although it was kind of told... She has got the propensity to do this. Yes. I forget how I knew, but like I, I remember thinking there's an 80% chance I'm not going to do this interview today. Really? But that this the shitty thing about that is you have to prep anyway. Right. And then you've just come in early and you've wasted your time and she just doesn't show up. There's no call that says, so we were running behind and as predicted, we're not able to make it. So sorry, maybe next time. Man, like we just kind of wait around and we're like, well, I'm going to call it. We should do that. We should send this into St. Vincent and be like... Hey, here's how it feels, man. Yeah. It kind of <laughs> sucks. Like, here's, here's a guy who prepared. Like, we know that you think like, oh, this is super annoying to yep. do. And it probably is annoying. But there's someone's job who revolves around. Like, this is kind of like, A, kind of an interesting highlight. Right. And and sure, some people phone it in, but uh-huh. some people don't. Yes. Some people waste their mornings working on it. And maybe it wasn't her fault. Maybe it was somebody else. The only other okay. time that's happened maybe, to me. Maybe there's a tie up somewhere. The only other time that's happened to me was with um, somebody who's much more local, like pretty well-known musician local. And I was also kind of given the heads up, like, look, this guy doesn't show up for stuff. Like, right. he, he's not going to show up. 
Uh, but I still <laughs> he's not. He's, going he's to not going to show up. I promise. He's but you still have to prep because there's one percent chance he's going to show up because we're telling you, yeah. And uh, and so I prepped and he didn't show up. But he did send his like bandmate, mm. who I'm friendly with. Yeah, helpfully. And so like I was able to like just go on the mic and just chat with this guy. Who, That's good. Who I had a rapport with, and yeah. so it was good. It was not a disaster. Um, but if it was anybody else, yeah, that's who. If it was anybody else, I would have, I, it would have been horrifying, and I would have right. been You'd be so, like, "Who are you?" I would have been Get so upset here. and like and and terrified. Right. Because I don't know you. Yeah. I was supposed to talk to this other person that I've prepared to talk to. Right. Yeah. Right. That'd be brutal. One time I was supposed to chat with Jewel, and she sent me Shania Twain. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> you know how you'd start the interview. No. Let's go, girls. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Did you watch Barb and Star yet? Speak of that. No. I don't think I can watch it for free yet. And, and okay. that's not that I don't think it's worth my money. I'm just, no, no. I find I'm probably uh, paying to rent a movie every week now, which I don't mind spending like seven bucks a week uh-huh. to rent a movie, but I don't want to go more than that. Some people say it's like the laugh of the year. And Ooh. I say it's like, uh, it's more just kind of like, an interesting funny watch well jerry seinfeld would abhor anybody giving comedy that kind of a review because it's just an unfair expectation you're setting that's true and jerry seinfeld is is the master of of he does realism make the, he does make the rules <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as he wants everyone to know the rules are up to him right and him alone yeah Man, uh what else are you watching go on hey hey it's about it's about what i it's I care about it, okay? That's all that matters. This is good. This, this is, is my Jerry Seinfeld. This is a new version of Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Everybody does the what's the deal thing. No, but he also like on, on interviews, he goes like, that, like, that's, that's, you don't, no, it don't, no, you don't, no, that's not why you do no. it. No. You have a kid because you want to have a kid. Yeah. And you've also. You've made him much more Brooklyn. Because <laughs> <laughs> you want to have a kid. Hey, sometimes you want to have a kid. <laughs> I'm walking here sometimes, with my kid. Sometimes your brother Tony comes over and he's got a really big pepperoni pizza. <laughs> and you're like, what am I going to do with all this pizza? <laughs> and that's comedy. <laughs> hey, I'm Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> It's played on a stand-up bass <laughs> <laughs> instead of like, instead he's, of a Casio keyboard. He's playing it on an electric bass, <laughs> just like rocking out a little. Play, he plays it on his mother's organ. <laughs> this is the organ my mother gave me. Right after mass on Sunday, we go back to mass for right brunch. A famously <laughs> Jewish person. I, oh yeah, I guess that's true. I wasn't ascribing any kind of. I was just painting a picture. I was painting a picture. Mm. If you didn't know, the bit was that Jerry was a different person. Right. That's true. What are you watching? Did you see anything good? You watched Little Miss Sunshine. We already talked about that. I watched Little Miss Sunshine, and it was honestly like maybe the nicest movie to watch and go. I wanted to to write a a Reddit post about it and go like, if you haven't watched this movie. This is what Letterboxd is for. You have this. Yeah, you're right. I should just give it a five-star review and go, hey, I know a lot of people say like, they have favorite movies and I watched this for the first time uh, 13 years after it came out or whatever it was, probably 16 years. But this is like one of the best movies that yeah. I've watched in the last little bit. And it really hit me in a positive way. That's and wonderful. It was like a nice movie. And uh, I just loved the cast in it. It was great. That's kind of like how I felt, respect. how I felt watching Mr. Holland's opus for the first time recently. That's right. Like, wow, this movie is just, I'm, I'm watching this at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said to you off mic, if you like Little Miss Sunshine, you should watch 
the way way back it's not as um absurd as right. little miss sunshine which is kind of like off the wall it's a little bit more grounded the character it's also got some darkness in it which so does little miss sunshine definitely um but it's kind of just more like a character study about like loneliness and 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 youngness but mm-hmm. sam rockwell in particular like is as cool as a person can be right they could have made steve carell so much sadder mm. in that movie mm-hmm. like they could have made a breakdown and cry like five times yeah it would have been like really depressing right but they never did that i have to rewatch it i really want to re-see uh, it i did uh, see it when it came out but like when it came out right anyway i'm really happy that they didn't do that did you hear about uh philip adams who's philip adams this football player no i don't you don't know, know you don't know who he is that. so this was in the news today he um he killed himself and like a bunch of oh people. my god what where he killed five people and himself um it was like a police standoff so i don't it was a it was a guns thing i only bring it up it's a huge bummer i only bring it up because i i couldn't get a a read on how famous he was but i got that he wasn't like aaron hernandez sure yeah um but it's like another one of these horrible adams did you know like does it say who he played for or like when he i i no he's only 33 wow so yeah he's a young person wow no, I'll look it up. Uh, he could have been like, there's so many people in football that you just don't know that play too because totally. they're like, there's a defensive line of like 14 guys. Well, and I got the sense that, that he was already retired yeah. probably. Gotcha. And 33, I realized that's kind of like the, the age when that happens anyway, but right. I don't know how, how successful he was. Where was it? Do you know? No. Okay. No, I read very little about it, mm-hmm. kind of expecting you to know a thing or to, two. To like pick up on it. But I also knew there was a chance that it because uh, it wasn't making a ton of news. Well, it also reason. wasn't like very like present today outside of like, you know, catching yeah. up with people doing work. I wasn't like on Reddit. I wasn't like scrolling through. Let's talk about that. You had a very ceremonious day. Everybody kind of like made a big deal, which is deserving. Um, did Were you sick of it at all? Like, it seems like you and I have talked about it a lot. Like this, this like grand exodus of yours meanwhile you and i are gonna have like the same context going forth i talked to jen about this because i was like like i talked to sweets and sweets is like good on you for like staying around and like popping into people and like doing like you know like they they did like a thing for you and and you wrote like an email and that's that's all super nice um and I said that to Jen and I was like, and, and like the impression I got from sweets was like, he would just like probably not do that I'd kind of ghost as much as possible. Yeah. And Jen said the same thing. Yeah. And I was like, why is it that I do would do that? And other people wouldn't. And she goes, well, you like to be liked. And I was like, well, that's, that's true. I do. Yes. Does Jen not like to be liked? Because if that's the case, that's the fundamental difference between her and I. Well, and, and okay, so great point. I'm like, who doesn't like to be like? Right. Like, Jen doesn't go, <clears throat> but but like, Jen left her last job, I think, going like, okay, see you later. Like, she didn't send mm-hmm. an email to like suppliers. She didn't send any like extra. She did, like, I don't think they like threw her a party. It was like, I wouldn't peace. want, a, I wouldn't want like a I'm party out. or anything. I would want like not, not a lot of to do. Right. But it doesn't have anything to do with not being liked. In fact, I think it's more insidious than that. I think that I would think that the to-do is performative. And I would, even even if I'm wrong, if I'm misreading it because mm-hmm. of some kind of insecurity, which is a me thing, I, I would decide that this is 
uh, a false city and I don't want to be a part of it. Okay. There's, there is something that is, uh, yeah, there's, there's validity behind that. Like it's not necessarily like, I don't think at the end of the day, everyone is feeling the same way that I am about leaving a job that they're feeling about me. That's to be sure. Like I'm leaving a job that I accomplished a lot of things for 10 years, um, personally and professionally. And I don't think that me walking out the door at the end of the day and like kind of welling up and going like, Oh my God, this is the last time I'm going to take this elevator. Oh my God, this is the last time I'm going to walk across the parking lot. Oh my God, this no one else is really thinking that they're, they've already kind of like made their minds up about that. That was like four weeks ago. Um, yeah. they know that that's happening. It's just like, it's not hitting them the same way that it's hitting me. And that's fine. That's, that's totally appropriate. No. And be- I think, I think saying like a goodbye is just kind of a nice, yeah, it is a bit of a formality. Um, but it does mean a lot to the person that they're doing it for. For sure. And and to put it in TV terms, it's your series finale. That's right. right. You're branching yeah, off yeah. doing something else and everyone else is going to remain on that show. Mm-hmm. But maybe they really connected with you as a character, you know, to, yes, to torch man. the metaphor. Oh, dude. <clears throat> yeah. I think you're kind of nailing it. I don't know if it's because I've I've like had a couple afternoon drinks, but <laughs> but I totally. What you're saying is probably not that profound. No, no. I'm but... saying it's so, so relates to me on a level that I'm like, oh my God. Yes. This is a character leaving a show. Yep. And that's like the nicest compliment I could be paid. Well, and also, I mean, you don't have to answer this because it might make you uncomfortable, but like, you know that you're liked in most places you go. And like, you've spent the vast majority of of your professional life in one place. Mm-hmm. And you do know that you were largely very well liked there. And so I guess you don't know for sure how well you'll be liked in future professional endeavors. But I can say as an outsider looking at you, that's I'm not worried about that. It's going to be fine. Um, and I don't know if you have any kind of like, personal doubt about that or you just don't spend any time thinking about it but i, I think i, I would I say think, i don't really spend a lot of time thinking about it i'd go into it with the best of like expectations like okay like but you're aware of that of that positive connection or that or that generally that general welcomeness that you have otherwise you wouldn't feel ambivalent about leaving i would say i more so get let down when i when there's someone in the mix that i'm like ah. Oh. They're not liking me right now. Oh, like they're okay. not liking what I'm doing. But I'm not going to go. I don't go into a job or a, a a room going, who's not liking me? Okay. You know? I think I do that. Yeah? Yeah. No, I just try to like connect with a person who is liking me and I take it from there. <laughs> okay. I try to like circle. So is that something that. you've always been aware of yourself? like, Or was it kind of striking when Jen was like, well, you crave validation from people? Um, cause that's essentially what she said to you. That's true. It is. Uh, and maybe it's that I, I start with someone that I connect with mm-hmm. and I might like bounce off of, I'm not trying to win someone all night. That's clearly, I'm not like connecting with, No, you know, if I go to a party and I see like someone like you and someone and like, we get into a conversation about Saturday night live. I go like, okay, I connected with that guy. Right. And like, I feel good about that. going to do a podcast forever with that guy. I'm going to do a podcast forever with this guy. <laughs> uh, and then I turn to my right and there's another guy there and he goes, what are you talking about? And, uh, he's like, are you talking about, uh, the Super Bowl?" Mm-hmm. And I go, no, but I watched the Super Bowl 
Um, and then like we kind of start circling out. Right. And you know, whether it's like we're, we're making connections and maybe I'm like walking somewhere else and I'm seeing someone else. But if they go like, Hey, you seem like a toolbox. I go, okay. <laughs> and I just kind of keep walking on. But I guess that it bugs me that a person thinks I'm a toolbox. Yes. But, uh, I guess in a work setting, yeah, at the end of, if I was leaving somewhere, especially mm-hmm. we've collected all of this time together. Right. And the toolbox people are clearly the exception to the rule. There's very few of them. Yeah. And the way, the way to go out, I'm just so sad if I go like, I, I don't want, maybe it's a selfish thing because I don't want to remember my last moment talking to someone going, well, I don't fucking care. Right. I don't fucking care if that's what you think. Okay. I would rather go, no, I really, I really actually learned a lot from you. Mm. I think that was like a good thing that you did at this point. I would rather go out on like a high note with everyone. Sure. Even if we didn't necessarily connect that whole time. Okay. But you didn't have a lot of clashes. No, I don't think so. Can you think of somebody like in your past, it doesn't have to be who we worked with, but Mm -hmm. like somebody who like for whatever reason you like you had a noticeable butting of heads with this person for some reason you and this person like had to spend time together and there was just never going to be the right connection i can think of some of those people i went to school with where it was Mm -hmm. just like it seems like i didn't do anything it seems like this person decided not to like me i think if there's anything that i was going to have like a like one of those moments with it wouldn't be like a, we're going to clash about something. It would be more of like a, we don't have anything to talk about. That's fine. But do you think that if you were to have clashes with somebody like routinely of Mm -hmm. which I don't think that happened to you that much, but if it did, and then you were to uh, punctuate your time with that person with a, Hey, great knowing you learned a lot. You're going to do great things. That person's going to read that as kind of an insincerity. Great question. That's a leading question, I guess. I kind of like filled in the blanks for you. Great question. Um, I I don't think that there was... I don't know if I'll leave a a job ever with anyone knowing like, oh, that person, like Matt, Matt and I butted heads. Because I Mm. hope that like I avoid conflict enough or like I'm like non-confrontational enough to like find other ways around that. Yeah. So maybe I move into something else and they go, oh yeah, like, good luck. I thought you were super great. Mm. And I go like, you'll never know how challenged I was by <laughs> the way that you did things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's more likely the way that it went. Um, but people process these things very differently. Like I, I'm not very confrontational. And like five years ago, uh-huh. I butted heads with uh, a coworker. Right. And it wasn't a big deal, but it was like a, a bad day. Mm-hmm. And then over time, it just, we didn't bring it up again. Right. And like, me and this person got along fine and i was like all right that's over we're not we don't have to we don't have to sweep that up right it's it's another day and whatever no big deal and then like two years on this person's like remember that time we butted heads like i'm sorry for that and like that was the right thing for that person to do uh-huh. for them right yeah that person totally. wanted to do that because it was still with them yeah and i'm not necessarily a person who like lets things go or doesn't hold grudges right but that particular case 
we had done enough working through it or just like working away from it that it wasn't to me necessary. But I say all that because we all have like different ways of resolving our relationships with people. And so did you reciprocate at all? Were you like, yeah, man, like I did in that moment, I probably was like kind of like what I said might've come off as shitty, but like, yeah, I think I, I did do that, but it probably felt a little bit like, I was probably panic trying to escape the conversation. I was probably yeah. like, I think I was being a bit reductive about it. I think I was like, oh, that was a long time ago. Oh, don't worry about it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm over it. Like, and so I'd say things that kind of invalidate that person's need to get through it. Yeah. And I realize that now in hindsight that I wasn't very constructive towards that. Mm-hmm. But we both wanted the same thing, which was to not have to worry about that anymore. Right. That's, <clears throat> I love that story, by the way. I have another story for you. So um, when I was in radio school, there was a guy who was in my class who was like five years older than me. And he could occasionally be like a a nice enough guy, like a funny guy. And and he and I definitely had some common interests, but he's an example of somebody who like seemed to have his mind made up about me Mm. right away. And I was 19 and then 20. Right. And I'm in this new environment. I had just failed out of university. I'm just coming into this thing like really like bright eyed and bushy tailed, like wanting to be everyone's friend, wanting to be game for stuff. Yeah. And I was I was having a go at my mulligan. And this guy who's like five years older than me, he just kind of was performing all the time. Um, and he had this idea that I was. Do you remember in like 2010 when there's there's nothing worse than being called a hipster? Oh, it yeah. was like a real cultural pejorative for right. a little while. Sure. And so like if you wore horizontal stripes and you had like boxy glasses, God forbid somebody called you a hipster and you right. had to like explain why you came by your interests honestly or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he had decided that I was that. And so he would he would tell me things about me that weren't necessarily true. And I can't think of a lot of examples, but like one of the more egregious examples was Wait for it. I, you couldn't write this. No, I'm wh- I'm so excited to hear what he's going to say. Death Cab for Cutie signed to a major, and he tried to gauge how upset I was about that. Right. He was like, you must be hurting today, bud. And I was like, <laughs> no, why? Because Death Cab is on Sony now. So, And when- I'm like, fine. That's fine. And, and yeah. it, was, it was always that stuff. And he was always like, and he would call me those words which are not like slurs like, but like, like he was trying to he'd be like so like i want to hear from a hipster like sweets what do you think yeah about it? well he's basically constantly saying like hey you're a phony what are your thoughts <laughs> and right. and it was just like uh, and, but I, I didn't ask for this from this guy and it right. wasn't bullying but he was five years older than he was 26 or totally. something and it was like why is that your game today and like Meanwhile, you're like, I'm not throwing, like, you of all people aren't going, hey, yeah, I've got, like, very hipster tastes. I've got, like, a very indie, like, like I wasn't, like, walking into rooms and being Um, like, listen, I don't think the metaphor is strong enough in Citizen Kane. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, (laughs) so for that guy to say that in the first place, like, he, he didn't have an ax to grind. Like, he didn't know. I don't think he thought he was being offensive. And then at the end of first year, he decided he wasn't going to come back. And right. so we had this like party and I was taken off and he like pulled me aside wow. and he's like, listen, I think you're going to do great things. I think you're like such a creative, smart, like lovely guy. He said all these incredibly nice things yeah. that I I would have loved to hear them sooner. Yeah. 
But also, I'm not sure I wanted to hear them at all at this point. Right. Yeah. Dude, I uh, feel kind of like someone who might have been just like a means to an end for a lot of... Oh, that's a sad way to see yourself. A lot of uh, a lot of people. Like, it's like, oh, you got to kind of go through through Matt. Yeah. Like, which is which is fine. Like, I, that was my function. Okay. Um, But... Yeah, I don't know. I, there's there's something so funny because there's in that second uh, episode of Bear Town, mm. there's a whole part about uh, this Middle Eastern kid coming in. He's very small, but he's like incredible at hockey. Mm. And he joins, and people are calling him like Ahmed and stuff, and like his name's Amat. Um, and he goes into practice and he's like getting crushed over and over again. And then eventually he like shows his speed and people are like, or the coach is like, yes, Amat. And like, so in the second episode, there's this like huge hockey scene and it's like really good. Like it's actually like good hockey players and stuff. And this guy ends up like they, they put him on for one shift and a player gets that and people are upset, but he ends up like, like setting up the winning goal. Okay. And he gets pulled aside by this kid that was, like, bullying him earlier in the episode. Like, he gets bullied pretty hard for just, like, one full um, scene, basically, where he walks into the dressing room and be like, what are you doing here? And, like, throw garbage at him and stuff. Is, so like is this, hardcore. like, a, this is a racism thing? It's, it's a racism. Th- it's hard to tell. I think it's a racism thing because I think in some of the Scandinavian countries, essentially, like, they're, they're – so homogenous that like you know having like a middle eastern kid is like very different for them sure um but he uh he ends up doing really well and then like later on they have a party at someone's house and he's shooting pucks out front and like one of the the kid who's like hey like i know i called you Ahmed a lot and stuff before (laughs) but like i'm not gonna do that again and he's kind of like fired up like oh that's awesome okay like okay cool like like he gives him like a drink and you're, I don't know how you're supposed to feel about that. Right. I think you're supposed to go like, well, you're still a piece of shit. Yeah. Because you, like he did something good for the team. Yeah, so he, now you're like, hey, you're you're in with us now. Like, no, you only just never once give us. Only once you've earned it. That's right. Us. Yeah. So if he didn't give the assist, you're going to be shitty to him. Well, and I don't know how, like how hazing culture works in like a, a sports organization. Right. Um, if you remove the, the race component. And that's a tough thing to do because that's a really huge component of what you're describing. Yeah. But like, if you just think of it as like, we're tough on the new guy until he proves himself. Yeah. There's something to explain there. Totally. Except I don't really like hazing and it's not really why I like sports oh, to begin with. Dude, uh, not to cut you off, but uh, to the extent where the mom walks in. So this pr- proves the point even more about the like kind of homogenous culturalization. Or yeah. Like, so a mom the mom walks in and like a bottle drops on the ground and one of the other moms goes like oh you have to clean this up and she's like i'm not working oh and she's like no 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 like there's glass on the ground what are you gonna do just leave it there okay yeah so that that really hits at home so yeah yeah this wasn't like a, a weird takeaway on my part this was like no it was it was hammered home no that's what that sounds to me like what it's about yeah that's interesting because we kind of have this um, utopic idea of Scandinavian countries, don't we? It's, right, we don't like get it's a really, happier place. Yeah, well, they're they're famously the happiest places on earth, and everybody's rich and sleeps in every day. Right. Um, 
I'm sure they have their own cultural issues, and that's what this show seems to be about. It's mm -hmm. it's the, the the grittiness of of that society. Yeah. Well, I have some more um, some items. We can get to those, but do you want to talk about Beartown now? Yeah, we can do that. I don't. I haven't seen it. I, I okay. I, I'm sad to say. I wish I I wanted to. I couldn't access it anywhere. I don't have HBO right now. Okay. Uh, I think I can break it down. Okay. Um, just off the top of the dome. Okay. You want to do the the pilot episode of Beartown? Sure. I've seen it a couple times. You're into this. Uh, I've just watched it once for me and once for Jen. Okay. And then we watched the second episode and Jen was like, I don't know if I want to watch this show anymore. It's That was really upsetting. <laughs> I'm curious to hear what's so upsetting. I can tell you, but it's also like very sad. I mean. Okay. It's not gruesome. It's kind of gruesome. Oh. I mean, I guess in a way, like it's besides killing someone, it's basically the most gruesome thing that can happen to a person. Okay. So it's that. That happens oh, to someone. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to see that. You know what I mean? So, sure. So, yeah. <laughs> and I remember I was talking to Jen's uncle going like, yeah, Beartown's pretty good. And he goes, I don't know. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? Like, what happened? And he was like, well, the episode that I watched, this happened. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, that's not why I wanted to watch that's, the show. I'm like, not I didn't know about that, that. I didn't know that this happened. <laughs> I just watched the first episode. That's the second episode. Okay. We'll do the pilot. Okay. In three, two, one. Okay, so Peter is coming back from Canada with his family. He's basically moving back to his hometown uh, called Beartown, uh, Bjornstad, and he's a great hockey player. He played in the NHL. He's now a coach. He's trying to like win back uh, everything for the town. He is uh, coaching the adults, and he moves back into the juniors because that's where the real future is. There's some pushback, but eventually he gets it, and his daughter is also going to school with all the kids. Okay. Now, my main um, interpretation of this show, having not seen it, I think I heard this on the watch, is that it's essentially Friday Night Lights with hockey Yeah, in Sweden or Finland or whatever. Yeah, I'd say there's a little more focus on the parents, although I didn't watch Friday Night Lights that much. So it's like Peter and his wife. Um, the town is obsessed with this hockey team. The, the town is so small. And like even what like the opening scene is like the family driving up in a Volvo to this house and uh the mom kind of saying like oh my god you know like small town everyone wants to stop over for a cup of coffee like i don't really care if like they stop over for a cup of coffee like just like like we don't need to hang out all the time and they go upstairs and there's like 20 uh neighbors waiting upstairs for like a a surprise party kind of oh. thing which is like everyone's nightmare like we wanted yeah. to move in today and now we just have to like have a party for everyone right no so, uh, anyways, so, so that's fine. And like the, the young girl's moving into a, she's like a, like a high school student and that's basically what the junior team is. And so Peter, Peter knows some of these families, the, the coach, and he's just like, ah, oh, they're so slow and like shitty. And then there's clips of like the, the junior team playing and he goes like, I need to coach Bombay it basically. Like, oh, okay. Like, I I got to be the coach Bombay. We here. so should have done this when we also it, talked about Mighty Ducks. It made so much sense. What a missed opportunity. But but he's like a good coach Bombay who's okay. like <laughs> who's like, hey, uh, I understand the fundamentals of hockey, and I'm gonna try to kind of like show people how to do stuff. Except for the scene in the second episode where he's like trying to teach. He's like telling Amat like, get up. And he's like putting him against this massive defense that's like crushing him every time, basically giving him seven concussions. Hmm. Um, anyways, he tells him all, like, it's your speed, go go around faster, and he ends up doing it. Um, anyways, so 
he puts up a stink and says like, I'm not going to coach these like kind of has been guys. Yeah. I'm going to, I want to coach the next, <clears throat> next level. Who's soon going to be the, like the, the big pros. guys. Yeah. The pros. Um, so they do that and they kind of like start winning pretty quick. And like the, the former coach who kind of sucked is now the assistant coach and he puts up a big stink and there's a whole lot of like family drama with, with everyone involved. There's a, this guy that he used to play hockey with that lives up the street from him. Um, and his son, he, uh, he's like kind of like the villain. Although I think the coach was the guy who like hit him in the back of the neck with his hockey stick in a practice at one point. So he's like, so the coach is kind of like a piece of shit in his own way. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what, the guy did to provoke that in the first place. Is this one of those shows where most of them are really not very great people? It's, I mean, it seems like that. Um, and in the second episode, the, the neighbor says to the coach, cause he goes up to like shoot pucks with his son. He's like, yeah, you're a great coach, but that's all. Ooh. So don't come up here and shoot pucks or I'm going to call the cops. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like that kind of vibe. Yeah. But in the first episode that the, uh, father kind of like abandons the son at one point the the son goes like you're not like supportive or whatever like you're not you're not a great guy either and he goes get out <laughs> oh that's the final he, straw yeah the dad's like the main sponsor too like he's providing like the sponsorship for this entire team and he's like a rich dude and he goes get out and he's like it's like minus 40 w- what are you doing like we're in sweden yeah <laughs> and minus 40 in like the back roads and he goes get out and so he goes home, the dad goes home and the son like takes out his hockey gear, like, and like is walking down the road and he goes home and he's, uh, he's like sitting down having dinner with his wife and he's like, yeah, son's Erdahl's out. I think like, you know, with a, one of his teammates or whatever. And he, sorry. <coughs> and he, it's uh, all those drinks you've had today. I know. Uh, and he, uh, ends up going like, shit, okay, I gotta go out. And there's like a whole search party that goes out on these back roads and no one can find him. Mm. And then the coach and the daughter, uh, go out and they find him. The, the player and the daughter have kind of, and he's like just shooting pucks into like a cave wall. Just rage hockeying. With like icicles on his eyebrows. Oh my God. And like, like he's got like frostbitten hands. Like, Punishing himself. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so he gets back to his dad and his dad's like, you're so dumb. Don't ever do that to me again. Kind of thing. So what do you like about it? It sounds like a drag. It sounds like a drag from the way that I've painted the picture. Um, I don't know. I think that like the sports part of it is like kind of a a fun part to key in on. And the rest of it really is a drag. Right. So Usually in like sports movies or sports TV shows like Friday Night Lights, which by the way, I'm not like the biggest fan of, but Mm -hmm. it seems like the easiest comparison to draw. You can enjoy them without having to have an intimate knowledge or uh, affection for the game itself. That's just kind of like That's true of this show too. It is. Okay. You can just tell like when people are are doing well. It's not like, oh, offside. What does offside mean? It's just like you, you can tell when there's success and when there's shittiness. So let me say a couple of tropes for characters in like sports movies. Great. There's the hero who has too much pressure, too much weight on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. There's like the 
girlfriend who okay so a seems like that in the first episode second episode you realize that he's the one who commits the like heinous crime the heinous crime okay yep that i believe that so everything's like kind of flipped on its head at that point there's usually like a girlfriend of if not the star then like maybe the secondary star like the assistant captain who is kind of doting and like she is perhaps a little subjugated she's second to the game is that a character no, no. In fact, I would say that character is maybe one of the players on the team. Okay. Who's like kind of like a, like, he's just like a stoner guy. Right. Um, and you realize in the first episode that he's probably a closeted gay person. Okay. And then in the second episode, uh, yeah, you find out that he definitely is. <laughs> uh, rookie on the team, guy who's like totally new at it and like wants to be part of the culture, but is clearly like other he's clearly second well i to guess that's the second episode same guy. with with yeah ahmad um and then i'm really just using like like friday night lights tropes frankly but there's coach and coach's wife and sure um and some kind of like interpersonal conflict yeah yeah and the wife has like another job too but she's kind of nervous to like take take on more responsibility or leave her job right that's gonna re- there's only five episodes and it's based on a book. It's based on a novel that's mm-hmm. quite well liked. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I don't know uh, who I saw recommending it. Maybe it was like John Green on his YouTube channel was like, here's a book you've never heard of. You should read Beartown. Who's John Green? So he um, he and his brother Hank Green are like very famous YouTube uh, celebrities. Right. But John Green also writes uh, young adult fiction. Yes. And owns the soccer team. Is that the same guy? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, maybe he does. Like, with I think his, his like son or something. I, he does have some degree of like soccer stuff on his Twitter. Page. Okay. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Okay. Cool. I mean, he's got his hands in a lot of different pots, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're one of like three or four people that have told me about this guy that they like. He's an interesting YouTube follow. Yes, Hank Green. His brother Hank Green is very good on TikTok. Oh, interesting. It's a good way in. Good way to learn stuff about the world. Okay. Cool. Do you give it your ass, Spare Town? You seem to like it. I do. I do. After the second episode, I was like, I wasn't sure if Jen was down to ever watch it again. Okay. But I think she might be. Cool. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't hear about it too much. I hear about it on the Watch Podcast. and The Watch and the Ringer. Yeah. That's that's where we got it from. Well, and it's kind of tailored for the Ringer. Well, and the, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It so is. Yeah. And even the fact that he, that like, Bill Simmons goes like sports wise, like the hockey's so good in it. Okay. Like, does it really matter? Yeah. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. But it is kind of nice to see that they like cared enough to get. Well, Bill, Bill's enduring criticism of Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which comes out surprisingly often, uh, is that the show didn't work because the comedy sketches weren't good. He says the same thing about, about movies too, where he goes, oh, well, that the movie, it was tough because the basketball wasn't good. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, you're like watching a piece were, of theater, dude. They were bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like there aren't comedy sketches in Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Every now and then you get like a like a little glimpse uh, of what they're, but like you right. don't see full things. It's not a sketch show. That's not what you're here for. No, and I can't speak to the whether or not the basketball is good in Coach Carter, but right, like it doesn't matter. I think he was more talking about like white men can jump or something. Okay. He was like Wesley Snipes can't play basketball. That's no, he's problem. an actor. Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it does make, and I think he even said the thing about the way back when uh, uh, Ben Affleck's like shooting hoops at the end. He goes, and that was that was Ben Affleck, and he like 
He looked like a like he could could hoop a little. He bit. had a good fade. Yeah, I can still picture that a yes. little bit. It's the last movie I saw in theaters. Yeah. Well, I don't think Bill Simmons would say anything negative about Affleck or Damon. No, it, that's that's true too. Yeah. Especially in a in a basketball movie. Yeah. It's hard for him to kind of fade him. That's true. Do you want to pop your cork there? Uh, no, that's okay. Come on, go for it. All right, go for it. We still got a lot of show to get through. I got to recap uh, the first episode of Chad. Chad is really interesting because I didn't know it existed um, I, until like a couple of weeks ago. And then I saw Nassim Pedrad on Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy was raving about Chad and how excellent Chad was. And so I thought, well, Jimmy Kimmel doesn't really, he doesn't give that away for free. He's not about falsehoods. No, not in the same way Jimmy Fallon like says right. everything like, is the best oh, thing the best. ever. Yeah. And so like usually you can tell if like this is quite sincere. And so I do believe that Jimmy Kimmel really liked Chad. And so yeah. I just kind of thought we were heading towards uh general critical acclaim for Chad. Right. And that is not true. It's not. No. People okay. are actually quite angry, in fact, with, oh, with how how much they don't like it. Like, don't read Reddit threads about Chad. Um okay. It's like tomato meter score is not bad. Like professional critics say that it's quite good, but people do not like Chad as a character or as a show. Whoa. Now I've, I kind of found that out like while I was watching it, like yeah. I put it on and I, I looked it up and I was surprised to see that it's, it's not, um, it's not like universally, it's not Ted Lasso or anything, but it's not trying to be Ted Lasso. Do you want to recap it? I'll recap the first episode of, of Chad, if you will. All right. You're going to start in three, two, one. Go. Nassim Pedrad plays a 14-year-old boy named Chad. He's like Persian and he's getting his braces off and he's very awkward. He has no friends. He doesn't know how to relate to the other kids in his high school who are actually high school kids. Um, he starts a new uh, uh, semester at school and he kind of like tries to um, start a new and assert himself into social uh, conversations. He spreads a rumor about himself that he had sex over the summer and very clearly he did not but like this goth girl hears that maybe he's sexually active and so she invites him over and then he passes out uh before anything can actually happen and he like completely freaks out that he's gotten himself caught in this web of lies um and i guess that's kind of the main crux of it also there's a subplot where his mom is dating this new guy yes who he's not he's not excited about this at first and then he meets the guy who's so he's he's frustrated because he hears that mom's new boyfriend is Muslim, and I I think he 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 pictures one thing, right? And then because because his family is technically Muslim, that's what they say, right? And to him, that's not cool, right? And then he meets this guy, and he's like smoking hot and super nice, and like just like everything he would want for a stepdad, I guess. Yeah, and he really throws himself at this <laughs> this new guy, right? Um. What did you think of Chad? I know I always say that when I when I run out of words at the end of my recaps. What did you think of this thing? I liked the first... Okay, so if we're talking in acts of three, yep. the first act I found a little too sad. Like, it was a little too real for me. Yeah. It was very, um, you know, Chad trying to fit in, really working for it. The hallway and, stuff. Yeah, the hallway stuff, going into the... the the bathroom and crying people being like why are you looking at me oh the crying was rough yeah. that was so bad although i found the first scene with the orthodontist very funny me too i thought it, it was, was like, hysterical okay and that's one of the things people are citing as like completely takes you out of it oh I no thought it sets a great comedic tone it, yeah first of all <laughs> sir 
Seven years is far too long to be in braces, <laughs> and I think you did a bad job. I think the you're o- a bad orthodontist. The only reason that and he's like, I'm sorry to hear that. I feel like they could have made him say something else at that point, then like be very like receptive to the feedback, yeah, um, to make it a little funnier. But he's like, uh, I think that um, seven years is is way too long. The only reason I'm not giving you a bad rep. Yelp review is because I've seen your children grow up in front of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny to me. And he's like, now, Tony, get out of my way. <laughs> I want my lollipop. And that's the thing about Chad is he's an asshole. Like he's he's very selfish and yeah. rude to people. Um, but also breaks down crying in the bathroom of his school because kids don't like him. Like he wants yes. to be loved so so badly well he's using the I'm just realizing that jen said this after we watched the episode of chad, your chad. Goes, you want to be liked very badly <laughs> i don't think there's anything wrong with that and i kind of think that like though chad is an extreme example you would only watch it because you on some level relate to this complete isolation and this right. like just like just human wish for people to think you're enough totally and and the the first act at the end of the first act he like tells someone I had sex yeah and then the second act is him finding out about his mom's boyfriend right and his mom's boyfriend being like the coolest guy ever yeah. and him basically walking him into the living room go and sitting down next to him and be like will you actually drive me to school <laughs> because like <laughs> and his mom's like no he doesn't have to do that yeah, yeah and he's like. <laughs> please do that he's like okay so you're i'm just gonna get you to pull pull in right here and he starts honking the horn for him and he's like i don't know we're just gonna get some tunes here and then he like gets out in front of the truck and goes like thanks so much i love you oh i know <laughs> and he's telling people on the way in like that's uh i don't remember his yeah. name but, like that's that guy yeah um his buddy i think the character's name is peter mm-hmm. is the kid from uh eighth grade Oh, okay. Do you remember like yes. Kayla he, goes over and has like a play date with this like other dorky kid? So funny. Really funny. Really yeah. funny kid actor. Why are, and that was one of the other real highlights of the of the show when he said, Whose shorts are you wearing? And he goes, I'm wearing my mom's <laughs> shorts. He's like, Why are you wearing your mom's shorts? And he says, I grew out of my dad's shorts. And he goes, Stop wearing your parents' shorts, Peter. You're your own boy, Peter. <laughs> That's funny. The jokes per minute were really high. Yeah, it was great. I think they were pretty good jokes. I thought it was funny. And I listened to Lamorne Morris on the Dak Shepard podcast, and he was like, she is going to win awards for this. Oh, she has a lot to overcome. Yeah, I think it was before it got straight up released. But, okay, well, the show's kind of been in development hell for a long time. They made it for Fox in 2016. Whoa. And then it didn't go through. So when do you think these scenes were filmed? Well, I think I don't I don't think that the pilot we watched is the original pilot from 2016. No. I think they yeah. started over. I think they yeah. reworked the premise of it. Yeah. Um and cuz now it's on TBS. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that means they can be like a little more blue because I think she says shit at one point. Like I think they're going to like try and make it as PG-13 as possible. Right. Um interesting that that he like pointed out that it was he's not in it, is it? No. Like, more and more. No, they're just friends. They've oh, okay. worked together on like three things so far. I remember being crazy about Nassim Pedrad when she was on SNL. Yeah. To the extent that I was like, Kristen Wiig is like amazing, but it's really robbing Nassim Pedrad of her rightful time in the yeah. spotlight. I yeah, think she's for um, sure. I think she's amazing. And then I thought her big break would be Mulaney. Remember when she was on Mulaney? Yeah, she was on Mulaney. She was also a new girl. 
Oh yeah, that's right. And uh, she was in the show called or this movie called Desperados with Lamorne Morris. Okay, uh, it's kind of like a new girl. Callback. But she is not an A list celebrity by any stretch. No, and no, so, but but she kind of deserves to be. Like people, I think people would all be fine with her being an A list celebrity. She's like one eighth grade away from it, or one yeah, you know that kind of thing. Well, Chad could be your thing. I. Uh, Maybe. I recall one of her characters, reoccurring characters on, on SNL. It almost feels like Chad might be an evolution of this character. But do you remember when Tina Fey played her mom and Alec Baldwin played her dad? And the premise was... It's all about, I love my dad yeah, so much. No, it's my dad is so cool. Yeah. And yes. I think she's playing a, like a little girl in those sketches. But it's the same kind of... Like she's an adult playing a she's kid. She's like, you, just can't, has, you has can't get this guy away from the barbecue. <laughs> like, and that's why we love you, dad. I love that character. Yes, it's so funny. Uh, but also, I guess it's a more positive, good-natured character than Chad. Chad's not a very nice guy, right? That I think that's kind of the the whole engine of that that skit is that right. it's always like you don't feel bad for him because he's so psyched all the time on his family, and so he he tells people that he had sex, and it's very obviously not true, right? And other kids are like, "Why are you telling me that?" He like gets really graphic. So first, I had sex with her, and then she had sex with me, and then <laughs> we both had sex with each other. And <laughs> everyone I tell is very taken aback. Very taken aback. And so then, like some other dudes come up to him, and they like want more details. Yeah. And what wasn't clear to me is whether they're clowning on him or whether like especially this one guy who does most of the talking yeah whether he actually on some level thinks chad is the man yeah i know it's one of those things where you're worried about him getting like punched in the face but they kind of just go like hey we hear you had sex this is this is very cool and they're like oh shit i can't believe it yeah and then he gets in the the golf cart with them at the end and right he, he they're like hey have some gummy worms he's like oh gummy worms my favorite shovels them into his mouth yeah and the guy goes whoa you're like a professional i can only eat like half before right. i start tripping and he goes what do you mean and they say oh those are weed gummies and he pukes everywhere he immediately projectile vomits everywhere and goes like see you later guys and throws himself <laughs> out of the golf cart but that's the other moment where I thought, like, I think this guy actually thinks Chad is the man. Yeah, I think they do. And that's the thing. I I think that's maybe why it's not critically acclaimed is because people maybe feel bad for him. But, like, I think the the characters in the show actually go, like, no, you you are cool now. Like, And I think we're going to see that as the show goes on. Well, that other girl seems to believe that, like, sh like she wants right. to hook up with him or whatever. Marjorie. Marjorie. She scares me, but she's probably going to want to have sex with both of us mm. so we're both gonna go over there and she's gonna have sex with us probably one at a time that's what he says <laughs> they've just got her looking like margot tannenbaum yeah and definitely and i guess nothing happens right she's just like kind of a freaky girl who's no, probably he, also he like as innocent as he is he, he like vapes and passes out and runs home in a bed sheet and cries right yeah look i liked it i thought it was pretty good i thought so too yeah i had a i had a good laugh at it although the first again like if we're breaking it down in three acts the first act i was like oh this feels a little too too rough i feel yeah. so sorry for this person well i really love pen 15 mm -hmm. and like there's an obvious comparison to draw where it's like a grown woman playing a kid in high school the difference is in pen 15 they appear to be playing versions of themselves yes and they always have each other and they always have each other yeah whereas She's playing a 14-year-old boy who is not her right. at all. It's like definitely a character thing. Um, but Pen15, while hilarious, 
it is also grounded and does not shy away from being really sad sometimes. Yeah. Because that's human. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Um, and when it is sad though, that's the thing. Like they, they always seem to have each other and there's also not a lot of, um, I don't know. It's, it's not like there's, there's always something that like, they're never breaking down crying in a bathroom. Right by themselves right and if they are it's like on the heels of something like they had a little spat very funny yeah Yeah, right or they're like being they're crying in spite of a super funny situation Mm. it's not because they're at like an absolute low point no did you watch season two of pen 15 uh not all of it it's really good yeah 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 we watched we watched quite a bit of it. Actually, we started the second season going, did we finish the first season completely? There's a whole school play arc in it, <clears throat> okay. which I really related to because I did that. Yep. And they, I think they really got it right. And nice. I think that's what I like about that show is that I think they get it right. Yeah. Cool. I'm yeah. I'm fully in on the second season. I uh, We just actually have to watch it. CBC Gem kind of pisses me off. It's tough. Yeah. It's a little tough. Yeah. Okay, I just want to get a couple of a couple other news things out here. I never thought that we would be running over because we have so few things to talk about. But like the big, juicy celebrity gossip thing that happened this week is uh, Reggae Jean Page is yes. not coming back to Bridgerton. Bailed. He bailed. And I didn't watch that show, but they only offered him three to five more episodes. And so I think that's why he's like, all right, well, I think we're done then. And right. he doesn't want to come back at all. But I just kind of think that like, oh, they for sure would have given him the full second season, but it must've been like, okay, we're giving you three to five episodes in the second season. But then once they found out what a huge hit it was yes. and like how it was so, he was so and clearly he's the breakout the star, star. Yeah. They would have, they probably backed up a dump truck of money and mm-hmm. he went, I'm actually getting these dump trucks of money elsewhere, including potentially James Bond. We don't know. That's not going to happen. Okay. And also, there's a conflicting story that he was not given the role of Superman's grandfather because of his <laughs> race. Like, I don't know the First of all, of that, that sounded like a Mad Lib. It did. There's a little bit. Of he that. was not given the role of Superman's grandfather. I mean, I agree. I think that he probably could have continued to ride his shooting star through at least one more season of Bridgerton. Which like had a sensational first season, but I think you have to stay on your show until you're more famous than your show, and he's not. Mm. Like everyone knows the words Bridgerton, but I have to look at my page to remember the name Reggae Jean Page. But how long was George Clooney on ER before he let, he bailed? I don't know the answer to that question. Two seasons, maybe three, maybe one. I bet it was more than one. You think it was more than one? Hey Google, how many seasons was George Clooney on ER? ER has 15 seasons. ER has 15 seasons. Hey, Google, how many seasons was George Clooney on ER? ER has 15 seasons. You asked the same question I asked. I asked the exact same question. I don't know why. That's the definition of insanity. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) I did the same thing over again. That's okay. expected a different result. It might be a good point. A different era, though. I think a better example would be like Sterling K. Brown who's not yet more famous than This Is Us. He is right. the breakout star of that show. Yep. But he knows he needs that show. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's and much better to like kind of outgrow it and like feel like you're throwing them a bone to hang around for a little while longer. You can also be in a friggin' superhero movie and do three more episodes of Bridgerton. Are you joking? Yeah, yeah, valid point. Because even so, um, 
yeah, there's there's really no main star. If Sterling K. Brown is the main star of of This Is Us, he's the breakout star. Then he really hasn't done that much outside of it. Still, he was in a movie called Waves a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was that was kind of like a, a like a. He's in Black Panther. Indie. Black Panther's not nothing. It's not nothing, but like he was kind of in it for a second. You're right. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't a big deal. I feel like I'm forgetting a big one. I mean, he played, he was in the OJ, the trap, but that was pre, um, this is us. I think I'm forgetting a, like a big, a big Sterling moment. Falcon and the winter soldier. You, you, it fell flat for you. you I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the most recent that. one. No, I, I, oh. I think I probably will, but like, I just don't have any kind of magnetic draw to it. It wasn't bad. Okay. Like I, I'm, I'm liking it more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What did you think of the Loki trailer? Looks good. It looks good. Looks fun. Yeah. Looks different. I, I like I'm going to be way more into these like Marvel shows that are kind of kooky than the ones that are like following some kind of formula. I like that Loki is basically going to be like a Halloween costume where he's wearing a khaki jacket and a black tie. Yeah. And uh, like, I love that he's got an aesthetic for the whole show, it seems like. But isn't it interesting that all of the, not all the existing Marvel properties, but so many of the ones we're focusing on right now are characters that have already been killed off. Vision yeah, and yeah. Black Widow right. and Loki mm-hmm. and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Whoa, what? That's what happened in episode three? Spoiler, sorry. Crazy episode we'll three. <laughs> the rest of the season is going to be very confusing. I'm a bit of a Disney insider. I don't know if I'll let you know that. Really? No. Mm-hmm. It's part okay. of my new job. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, a weird twist. I didn't let you in on that. Managed not to tell me before. Oh, hey. I hope Stay you don't tuned. think I implied earlier that I don't think you've had interpersonal uh, hardships uh, in your professional life. I don't mean that at all. I just think that you get along with everybody, and I've always envied that. No, I just thought that you were saying like I was a total fucking failure, and that <laughs> you well, you read me like a were, book, uh, <laughs> and so I feel hurt for sure, <laughs> uh, and um, probably gonna walk home. Yeah. And I I hope I hit that that. Uh, that crosswalk light before I cross the street is all I'm saying. Jesus Christ. Okay. There's a lake right by there. Too. Yeah, we have a lake. Yeah. yeah. So do we... What, what, Might what go for a swim. I think I'm going to see if I can get to the other side. Okay. <laughs> it got so dark. <laughs> You're watching too much Bear Town. Watching too much Bear Town. <laughs> Pete Holmes has a new crack at fame. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Davidson in a hit sketch. Pete Holmes is going to be the star of a new CBS sitcom. Good. About professional bowlers. He seems like a network sitcom guy, doesn't he? He does. Actually, who, who made this? Because Chris Hardwick seems like the more obvious choice. For I that. thought the same thing. I was like, Chris Hardwick is probably out there going, fucking Pete Dad, stole my podcast. Dad was a professional bowler. Yeah, I think Hardwick's also a good bowler. But also, Hardwick's not going to get any lead roles on, on network sitcoms. Is that true? I mean, I don't know. if He's not like canceled. He's, he's turned not, a corner. He's not canceled. But is he on the same trajectory he was? No. No, no, definitely no. not. It it 100%. completely took the wind out of his sails. Mm-hmm. Dang. So Pete Holmes. I mm-hmm. like it. I just like that Pete Holmes is working. Me too. I think that's great. Who's we don't know anything about anyone producing it. It's not Aptow. It's not Chuck Lorre. It's just No. It's not either of those. Bowling titans. on CBS. Yeah. I'm I'm here for it. I'm with you. I'm glad that he's working, and because he's in it, because I've invested a lot of hours in him, we'll do it on the show. Show. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it for the podcast, and we'll have to watch it anyway. Yeah. Uh, you like Paul Dano? You've been watching him in movies. He's just been cast, mm-hmm. sort of, as Steven Spielberg's dad. 
(laughs) Steven Spielberg is making a sort of autobiographical movie about being a kid in the 50s, 60s growing up in Arizona. Mm -hmm. I think it's like semi-autobiographical. My whole city was on fire. I love it. And meanwhile, (laughs) and you're just hearing like, (laughs) and there's this guy getting punched in the face in front of a barbershop. And then an alien crash landed in my family's garbage cans. That's when things really got wild. I'm Steven Spielberg, and I'm the maker of this movie. Uh, His dad is going to be Paul Dano. His mom is going to be Michelle Williams. His dad's name's Elliot. His mom's name is Indy. And his brother's name is (laughs) E.T. Okay. I'm I'm out of steam. No, I like that. That's all I got left. Michelle Williams and Paul Dano? And Seth Rogen's going to be in it in some capacity. Yes. He plays like his uncle. Wacky (laughs) uncle, I think. Yeah. I'm here for it. I I like that um, that we're going to get a biopic of Steven Spielberg by Steven Spielberg. Yes, more people should do that. I hope he cares about it enough. Like, how could you not care about it enough? There was a time when Russell Brand was going to play Russell Brand in the movie version of the Bookie Book, and that obviously never happened. Right. But I wanted that to happen so much, so badly. Because that's a like, like the guy or not, he's had an interesting life. So, have you read the bookie books? I read both bookie books. Me too. The second one's not that good. It's kind of like, it's kind of in the height of when he was a big time movie star married to Katy Perry. Yeah. It doesn't really, I don't, I, I gather it probably doesn't age that well. Well, the fact that there's like a, like a, a, a prologue that's like, Katy, you are my sun, my yeah. moon, we'll be together forever. I actually Same remember thing. it. It's, like, oh. it's no, this book wrong. is my past, you are my future. <laughs> Right. That's exactly what it says. It's crazy to that Katie. you and I both remember. Yes, we remember the there's something off. Yeah, about that, or how we like. Maybe we both read it and were critical of it at the time. It's possible that that book hit the shelves and they got divorced like the next day. Because his whole thing was about how he loves women so much. Yeah, and like couldn't couldn't fathom committing, but now he finally committed. He's married and has two daughters. Really? Yeah. Just to a, a lady. I mean, not I, like don't, a, I don't. I don't know who she not is. Like a famous. I don't know. It's not like Kate Hudson. He was on Hot Ones today. No way. For the second time. Okay. Yeah. Was he funny? Oh, oh yeah. That he would be a great watch. He's on Hot delightful Ones. on Hot Ones. Yeah. He's a great watch or listen anytime he comes around. Agreed. I'm a I'm a Russell Brand stan. Yeah. Interesting. Always in. Interesting dude. Yeah. Look, that's all I got. Kaplan Corner. Nothing to know. Nothing new. No. We'll keep you posted. Sure. Um. This week was the 26th anniversary of the. <sighs> hit blockbuster action film bad boys the first one yes starring will smith and martin lawrence and they celebrated by posting an instagram video featuring this song i'm just a kid by simple plan what you're kidding me i'm dead serious it was will and martin turning around and then they like cut to younger will and martin turning around and the song is when you're spending every day on your own and here it goes really yeah I think they were playing that at Starbucks today too. That's a twist. That's that's a real change from uh, Diana Krall. It's a change from Diana Krall and like a weird kind of like like uh, medium paced uh, stroke song. Like okay, I I mean, there's something retro about Simple Plan now. I think I guess so. Yeah. That's what I said when I walked in. I was like, okay, I guess we're we're doing Simple Plan. Yeah, it was it was almost like. Welcome to my life. Absolutely. Like I, yeah. I was like, maybe that was a song that was but no, oh I Oh my god. They were so mopey. Do you ever feel a break? <laughs> but that's welcome to my life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm just a kid. Maybe it was I'm just a kid, but like that's not a pop there, song. It's not like that song has no place so in a Starbucks. I can't believe we're, the podcast ended up here, but they're, they I had a, they did. had a, they had some like real bops. Like there they was, did. There was I do anything dun, just dun. to hold you in my arms. And that's Mark a, Hoppus was in that video. That feels like a Blink One Eighty Two song. Yeah. Frankly, it's it's happier than most Simple Plan songs. Yeah. And I'm but sorry, it, was, it, it took place in like a cloudy, perfect. That one was sadder. Yeah, they're all sad. But but I do anything was was a happy song. But yeah. it took place in like a gray junkyard. Okay, I don't remember the like video. A cloudy junkyard. Okay, and Mark Hoppus was literally in it. Okay, because he was their guy. Did he like produce them? Because I yeah. just I thought they were only strictly a Canadian thing. No, no, he he produced them. Oh, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Good Twitter follow, Mark Hoppus. Is he? Oh yeah. Yeah, he I haven't uh he was a, like an original tr- Twitter follower for me and and I really liked some of the music that he picked out in like the early 2000s. But I feel like he kind of lost the touch a bit. I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard his new music in a very long time, but I haven't sought it out either. Right. Like he he pointed me in the direction of of some of the bands that I I was super into in like 2009. Mhm. Um but since then like I don't know. It's a little too. What were your thoughts on Angels and Airwaves? Wasn't into them. No, no. Because I liked that single, and I just know the one that was like on Much Music in the yeah, waning yeah. days of Much Music. Yeah. But like, I remember liking that. Mm-hmm. I... I was more of a boxcar racer guy. That was Mark Hoppus. Yeah. And the other one too, right? And Travis Barker. And Travis Barker was also in that band. Yeah. <laughs> that's weird. So it's basically Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. Because that's what Blink One Eighty Two is now. Right. But at the time, Travis Barker was like really shit talking the other guys. Oh, because I think he's got some issues. He's the one who like hardcore believes in aliens. Like he was on a Joe Rogan episode. Oh, I remember that Joe Rogan episode. I, I don't. Yeah. I didn't listen to it. No, no, no. Because I just went. This is. I'm well, Tom DeLonge. Hardcore believes in aliens. That's who I meant. Oh, did I say, I, yeah. I didn't I, mean Travis Barker. Yeah, I, I meant uh, Tom DeLonge was yeah. on that. So Tom DeLonge shit talked. The other blame yes okay now we're on and the same he page. was the guy yeah now we're on the same page yes right. that's true yeah so didn't listen to it don't think i will listen to it but but the last episode i heard i did hear an episode with joe rogan and travis barker which i don't listen to joe rogan that much anymore but the i remember uh, that i remember that one. the travis barker one was like he was kind of like yeah you know tom's just like out there he's 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 doing the work man yeah. he believes it he does <laughs> yeah he has a passion. Yeah, and Joe Rogan was like, he's a fucking crazy motherfucker, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you trust Mark Hoppus? I trust Mark Hoppus. He's for actually sure. like a With my go-to life. trust yeah. for me. Yeah, he's a trustful guy. I think so. Do you trust this Mark- is gonna, not going to age well at all. There's going to be such a Something a bad's going to happen. <laughs> like a month. And I think Mark Hoppus is like a family man. I hope so. I feel like I trust he seems, him. He seems like the wholesome one. I'm going to confidently say I trust Mark Hoppus here in the year of our Lord, 2021. We're talking April 8th. Yeah. No later than 2021. Yeah. Don't let us down, buddy. This is time stamped. <laughs> Mark, please. Actually, we should tweet him and say, okay. we said we trusted you on the show show. Right. Please. It's this whole gimmick. You have to listen to 188 episodes d- to understand. D- just don't let us down. Right. We don't want you to be caught in scandal. No. Because we said you're the guy that we can believe in. What about Will Smith? <laughs> Jeez! You think I'm gonna trust that guy? Jeez! Right now, never trust Will Smith. Although there is a simple plan connection, and Mark Hoppus was 
involved in that. Oh, God. Did we just cancel Marcopas? Okay. Oh. Right, we're we're going to DM you about it. Okay. Don't worry. We got to talk. Uh, but uh, right now, don't trust Will Smith, but we'll TBD. Yeah. <laughs>